I'm Ezra Fieldsmeyer. And I'm Casey Cantrell. And welcome to Animation and Beyond. And this is episode 12 of season 2. And on today's episode, what are we talking about? Christmas specials. Yeah, and some Hanukkah specials as well. But before we get started on that discussion, we have a trivia question to answer from last week from our Star Wars episode. And Ezra, if you can remind us what the question was. What? who's a Star Wars Legends character who originally appeared in a trilogy of novels, appeared as a recurring villain in the Rebels animated show. Yes, and I believe if you'll give me a chance at answering, the answer is Admiral Thrawn. Yes, Grand Admiral Thrawn, who first appeared in a trilogy of novels set after the events of Return of the Jedi, and for the first time as an animated character in a show in something that's currently canon, appeared in Rebels. Right, and that's actually a good point to mention that when Disney bought Star Wars, what's called the expanded universe of Star Wars, which is all the novels and, and whatnot that was written after Star Wars came out, they decided that that wasn't canon anymore. But a lot of the characters that appeared in those books and, and such have been popping up recently. So Thrawn is an example of yeah. a character that is now canon. Briefly wasn't, but now he is again. And he's a warlord and a evil, menacing kind of a guy. And is he the main villain on Rebels? or A recurring villain, I remember. Okay. And Ezra, I remember, called him Blueface. Because <laughs> he had blue skin, I remember. Right. So he. Do you know his what alien species he's supposed to be? Uh, I don't remember, though. His character has blue skin, so that's yeah. that's something that you can tell yeah, him apart. Maybe like a little Smurf-like in a way. <laughs> I like the the idea of Smurfs as being one of the alien races in Star Wars that you yeah. you I can imagine in one of these new movies that they're running around and then in the background you just see a Smurf hanging out. That would be quite the crossover. That would be really funny, yeah. So yeah, that was the trivia question from last episode. Stick around to the end and we'll have another trivia question for you then. Okay. But for now, we have a feature presentation to get to. So as we say, we're talking about holiday specials. We're going to talk about some of the classics. Yeah, we're going to be talking about some of the classic holiday specials set in Christmas, as well as at least one set in Hanukkah. And then we're also going to talk about some of the newer ones. Yeah, let's talk about the classics first. The similarities and differences. What are some some classic holiday specials? Or movies like 1946, It's a Wonderful Life, or 1962, Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol, or ones at the same time like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Charlie Brown, The Grinch, Frosty the Snowman, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, A Year Without a Santa Claus, and others. Obviously, we don't have time to talk about all or of them. Are those are, I just mentioned some examples. But... Let's talk about a couple of them and what they were like when they first came out. So Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Which is one of their most famous that Rankin Bass had produced. Yeah, and Rankin Bass, we've mentioned them a few times on this podcast before. They are probably the most famous production company that made a lot of these holiday specials. Not just for Christmas, but for Halloween as well. And did they Thanksgiving do... and I think St. Patrick's Day and Easter. So they did a lot of holiday specials for a lot of different holidays and probably the most famous classic ones. So Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, just remind us what that movie was about for people who may not when remember. It premiered originally on NBC in 
on December 6, 1964, and it was sponsored by General Electric. And what was the movie about? About a reindeer who's an outcast because of what who he is, named Rudolph, and it's based on the well-known classic Christmas song we all know is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And he's an outcast, and nobody lets him play in any reindeer games like we all know from the song. This is like a animated special based on the song we all know. And Rudolph is ostracized because of his red, shiny red nose. And then one day he meets an outcast elf named Hermie, who wants to be a dentist instead of making toys like other elves at the North Pole. And then they two become friends and go on an adventure together. And then they find some misfit toys, some sad toys who have never been owned by or loved by children. And then they meet a friendly explorer named Cornelius. And they also meet a scary, abominable snow monster who was pretty scary, I remember, but was good later. And then at the end, it was a happy ending because Rudolph became Santa's best reindeer and all of the misfit toys were loved by children. And Herbie became a good elf working for Santa. Right. So there's definitely this common theme in that movie of misfits coming together and finding their place within this tradition of Christmas. Whether it's Rudolph becoming part of the reindeer team for Santa or the or the elf, you know, working for Santa, or the toys finding homes for themselves. Yep. And then some other classics, some others that you mentioned. Like a, like Charlie Brown, the Grinch, and Frosty the Snowman. Right, and let's talk about, or well, actually, before we move on, one thing to say about Rudolph, and like a lot of other Rankin-based films, is that it was stop motion. Yes, and was. We've talked about stop motion before a lot. It's definitely... A more traditional art form you don't see it as often today a lot more common back then and especially for holiday specials like this one it was a very common thing to see yeah another animated special that you mentioned was the grinch and i think everybody knows about the grinch it's based on the classic book by dr seuss and it was it was made in to a live-action comedy film in 2000 starring Jim Carrey, and then again as a computer-animated film with Benedict Cumberbatch last year. Right. Uh, yeah, it's probably the most famous Christmas special that's out there. Yeah, I know, and also based on one of the most famous stories by Dr. Seuss. And that also featured traditional animation. And that film is probably one of the films that's most, I guess I'd say, interested in the tradition of Christmas. Because it's all about how the Grinch wants to, how he doesn't like Christmas, right? And he wants to get rid of it, but it's not from the gifts or presents. It's from the inside in your heart. Yeah. So that's the part that he learns about, quote unquote, spirit of Christmas. And then at the end, he changes. So that's actually a common theme a lot among a lot of different Christmas specials, right? Mm -hmm. Is this idea of the spirit of Christmas. And what, what does that mean when we say that? Like we say, it's not all about the gifts. It's about the joy. It's about generosity, it's about compassion, and it's about coming together, bonding, and finding community. We talked about the Grinch, and also at around the same time as that, like, Charlie Brown and Santa Claus is coming to town, and also one of the most famous, Frosty the Snowman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and tell us about Frosty the Snowman. It was originally released in 1969 on December 7th of that year, and originally premiered on CV CBS, based on the classic holiday song we all know as Frosty the Snowman. Frosty the Snowman was a jolly happy soul With a corncup pipe and a button nose And two eyes made out of coal Frosty the Snowman is a fairy tale they say He was 
made us slow, but the children know how he came to life one day. It was also one of the many cartoons that June Foray did voices in. She voiced the little girl named Karen who befriends Frosty. And he's brought to life by a hat who was owned by a magician. The magician I know whose name was Professor Hinkle was the villain of that and he just wanted to get his hat back. And Frosty, the friendly, lovable snowman we all know, becomes friends with this little girl named Karen and he wants to go to the North Pole. Then... He goes in somewhere where it gets warm and then he melts. But then Santa comes and says to Karen that that Frosty isn't actually gone. What makes him come back is the, is the, is the December snow. And then as for his naughtiness and selfishness, Professor Hinkle gets no gifts, I'm saying, because of how selfish he was, that mean magician. And Frosty's brought back by the December snow and it's a, and it had a happy ending. Yeah, so what are some commonalities between all these movies that we've mentioned about making friends and things like that. And how some characters are kind of, some can be kind of selfish, but they later learn not to be so selfish. And the Grinch is probably a great example of that. I'm saying professor Hinkle, who was this mean magician was mean and self-centered. I remember. Yeah. I think that's a very common theme among a lot of these movies is this idea of, Giving is better than receiving, right? Yes, yes, I see. And how so? How he has a very pea-sized heart. The, you mean the Grinch? And, but it, until the end, and also this Professor Hinkle character from Frosty the Snowman had a very pea-sized heart. But his rabbit, though, was not mean. Though the, his rabbit was was good compared to his master. Mm-hmm. And so, in the case of like the Grinch, the Grinch learns that lesson of being more generous, of being more compassionate. Similar to Ebenezer Scrooge from Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. That's a great example of a, of a Christmas-based story and teaching those traditional lessons. And the Grinch has many inspiration from Scrooge. Yeah, like, what What are some other similarities like between the, those two characters? They're mean-spirited, and their names mean somebody who's mean-spirited and unfriendly and selfish. Mm-hmm. That's what the term, like, Grinch or Scrooge would mean. I do. Was Grinch a, an actual word before? No, I think it was made up originally by Dr. Seuss. But those two characters both stand in as examples of, like, if you're a Grinch, you're being selfish and curmudgeonly and whatever. kind of grumpy, too. And grumpy. And if you're a Scrooge, the same thing. You're being greedy, right? I know, yeah. Which is kind of ironic because both those characters, in the process of their separate movies or separate stories they learn how not to be greedy so to say somebody's a scrooge in some ways it's it would be more accurate to say if you're a scrooge it's me like you've learned your lesson yeah, I right and i know in 1983 disney did mickey's christmas carol which had scrooge mcduck playing ebenezer scrooge that makes sense because scrooge mcduck is based i mean he's named scrooge and that animated special featured different classic disney characters playing characters from charles dickens classic story Mm -hmm. among a lot of these traditional classic christmas specials you see a lot of traditional lessons being taught surrounding this idea of the the christmas spirit But there's also a Hanukkah special that you wanted to talk about. It was released in 1996. It was called A Rugrats Hanukkah. It's one of the only two specials they did of Rugrats or episodes that are based on Jewish holidays, along with the Passover one we mentioned in our Easter special earlier this year. Yeah, and it's worth noting that there are not as many Hanukkah specials as there are Christmas specials, and and that's a whole thing. But 
for now, what was the uh, Rugrats Hanukkah special? This about? one special was was released a year after, like over a year and a half after the Passover special, which was released in spring of 1995. This one was released for the holidays of 1996, and it had Tommy and Chucky and Angelica and the rest of them with their family getting together for Hanukkah's lighting menorah and spinning dreidels and also telling the story of the Maccabees, who are soldiers who fought long ago. While a lot of people know what the story of Christmas is about the nativity of Jesus, not a lot of people know what the story of Hanukkah is about the Maccabees. I'm not as familiar with the story, so maybe maybe you can... The, the Maccabees were soldiers who fought to save Israel from an evil, greedy king named Antiochus or Antiochus. Mm-hmm. And there's oil from the temple, very little oil. People thought it would last one day, but it lasted eight days. And that's why Hanukkah is a holiday that's eight days. In commemoration of that event. Yes, yes, yes. And that's what the story of Hanukkah is for those who only know the story of Christmas about the nativity of Jesus. And those two holidays get lumped in together a lot just because they happen usually in the same month. And also because they're present holidays. Well, from my understanding, Hanukkah wasn't really ever about presents, but because of the influence of Christmas, it became a thing that you would also give presents during Hanukkah. I get what you're saying because it became the same time it became, it had that similar tradition like it does today. Sure. But in the Rugrat special, it's similar to the Passover special where you have the characters sort of standing in as they tell the story of the Maccabees. So the characters of Tommy and Angelica, they're actually playing characters in the story like of the Maccabees. Tommy, Judah Maccabee, and Angelica, the role for Antiochus. Similar to Moses and Pharaoh in the Passover special they did a year, a year and a half earlier. I do like this idea of Angelica always playing the, the villain of the story. She's, she's often very antagonistic from that old show. <laughs> right. But sometimes she was nice. Oh, of course she was. But she's she is the more antagonistic one of the group. And often picks on Tommy and Chucky. Right, so then she and gets... Bill and Lil, but sometimes she's nicer. She does have a heart. Because they're still friends, right? Yeah, so what was the lessons taught? Like how Angelica doesn't really know much what that kind of holiday is, much like the holiday, much like the Passover one. And she didn't understand why it had those traditions or the stories of them. Yeah, and again, I think that obviously it's a different type of holiday, but I think that there is a lot of similarities between that Rugrat special and the Christmas special. But I'm saying as though, and also like nowadays that a lot of well-known Christmas traditions and specials and things like that, there are, Hanukkah has their own like versions or parodies of that stuff. <laughs> what do you mean by parodies? For instance, like Mench on the Bench, a Hanukkah version of Elf on the Shelf uh-huh. or things like that. Uh-huh. Or there's been a children's picture book called Schmelf the Hanukkah Elf, but an elf who delivers people to presents on Arab Hanukkah instead of Christmas Eve, which happening the same time, but they're people who celebrate Hanukkah instead of Christmas. What I'm saying is I like that a lot of well-known Christmas movies and specials and traditions and things in general have had their own Hanukkah versions or counterparts or equivalents or parodies of them, which I really like. What would you say are some of your favorite Hanukkah traditions? Lots. Um, I like Hanukkah traditions such as spinning dreidels and eating latkes and things like that and also getting gifts. But I'm saying I like Hanukkah, but I like Christmas too. I like the traditions of both Hanukkah and Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever made your own dreidel? I think I have once when I was a kid. Yeah, that's fun. Well, what, what are your favorite traditions of Christmas or memories of Christmas that you remember? 
I think now that I've gotten older, it used to be that I loved getting the presents, but now that I've gotten older, I'm less interested in the presents. It's more about visiting family and being with my family and just sort of being together and um, having fun. That's great, though. And did you ever decorate your Christmas tree when you were younger? Oh, yes, definitely. I mean, we still do if I go visit my parents early enough in the season and they haven't put the Christmas tree up yet. And I personally believe in Santa for fun. Did you ever write letters to Santa as a kid? Yes, I, I definitely did. As a, as a kid, I would write letters to Santa. I can't remember when I found out that uh, Santa, well, I guess I won't say it here. I would write letters to Santa. We would make cookies for Santa and leave them out. Nowadays, for so my, my younger brother, he still believes in Santa. And he likes to put out cookies and milk for Santa and stuff like that? Right. And so what I do now is that I'm the one. <laughs> so I'll, I'll steal a cookie or two when no one's looking. I like those fun traditions that Christmas has, too. I like both Christmas and Hanukkah alike because of the fun traditions they have. Sure. I also love my favorite, outside of family, my favorite thing about Christmas is the lights. I love driving around neighborhoods I and like doing the that too and so does my my mom and dad they love seeing them too yeah it's just fun to walk around and see all those colors yes it makes them look like a winter wonderland <laughs> that's very true all right but yeah so so obviously you know there's a lot to like about these holidays latkes and for people who don't know what they are are potato pancakes and they're kind of like hash browns yeah i love latkes yeah me too they're really good and there's also sufganiyot also called Jelly donuts. Mm -hmm. And the chocolate coins that we eat also are, are called gelt, which is Yiddish for gold. Nice. There's a lot of lot of fun traditions affiliated with both holidays and a lot of Christmas specials from, you know, classic Christmas specials. And, that are very well known that have been loved for generations. Right, and classic Hanukkah specials. and But there have also been some modern Christmas specials and Hanukkah specials. And so let's talk about that and talk about how, what ways are they alike? What ways are they different from those older specials? Yeah, for instance, there's Elf, which was released in 2003. Yes, that's probably one of the most famous Christmas movies. Along with, along with The Grinch, Mr. Lampoon, and Home Alone. Yeah, Home Alone is, is that's a good example. So tell us about Elf. What happens in Elf? It's about, it stars Will Ferrell and it, was about a guy who was raised as an elf, and then he discovers his real family who lives in New York City. And then Walter Hobbs, who doesn't believe him at first and think he's just a fool. And then he meets a woman in a, in a who works in a department store. and Who's playing as an elf. So it's that's one of the greatest scenes in, in the movie when he goes to a mall and he sees one of the, a mall Santa. and He elf. rips off the beard and saw it was fake. <laughs> I know. Yeah, and it, it, that inspired one of the most famous lines from the movie. And then that woman who worked in the department store was also played by Zoe Deschanel, was Buddy's love interest. And I remember the funny scene when Buddy accidentally disturbed her in the shower, which when she was singing Baby It's Cold Outside, that was actually a funny scene. It was a really one of the funniest Christmas films I've seen. Yeah, it's a very funny film. Will Ferrell is great. It's become It's now become its own classic christmas type movie i know and it became a musical for broadway in 2010 and in 2014 elf buddy's musical christmas and stop motion animated special based on that film and then yeah and then another movie you mentioned which is not as modern but home alone is a great example of a christmas movie right yes and along with others at the time like mr lampoon 
Disney's The Santa Claus. Yeah, but what are some other more modern examples of Christmas movies? Like animated ones, for instance, there was an animated special from Disney called Prep and Landing, which was released in 2009, produced by Walt Disney Animation Studios. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that movie. It was premiered in 2009 and about two wet elves named Wayne and Landy who go on a top secret Christmas mission on Christmas Eve. And at first Wayne doesn't really like Lanny, but then they later become friends um, as they go as they go on a mission together. And it got a sequel a couple years later called Prep and Landing Naughty vs. Nice in 2011. Something interesting about that movie is that it focuses more on the sort of, for lack of a better term, the corporate nature of Christmas. So you see that the process of delivering, making presents and delivering them, that's actually a very corporate operation where the elves are, it's like a factory basically, right? Yeah. And the elves are very organized and they actually take part in delivering the presents and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, I know. And a similar film to that, which was released in 2011 by Sony and Ardman was called Arthur Christmas. And tell us about that movie. It was about a the younger son named Arthur Christmas, who's clumsy and accident so prone. The son of who? Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. In this film, Santa's called Malcolm. <laughs> That's great. Arthur, who is the lower ranking member of people who work at the North Pole, he's clumsy and accident prone, but lovable and good hearted compared to his brother, Steve, who's more serious and hardworking and more no nonsense. And then all the presents have been, which you might think Santa delivers it all by himself. But in this film, elves deliver for him. It's kind of like Amazon. I get what you're saying, but for the holidays, I get what you're saying. So, Except maybe a little less evil, but that's another story. And he says, but I'm saying, and then they discover there's one problem. That one gift, which was a bike for a girl named Gwen, was accidentally fell off the assembly line, and that was the only gift that was not delivered to a child. Arthur thinks it's worth delivering, and Steve, who's his older brother, thinks, who's kind of selfish at first, thinks it's not worth it. And then he teams up with Grand Santa, who's the Santa who's old school, and they go in a sleigh on a long journey to bring the present to the child, but they keep going into the wrong places. I think in New York, and then in Africa, and then some other places, and keep struggling to get them, along with an elf named Bryony. And it was, and then they keep going, and then Arthur's family discovers that they ran off to bring the present to the child, but then they work together to they to they get to that small village where that girl lives to bring the present before it's too late, before Christmas morning. So that's another more modern movie. Compared to the classic Christmas specials that we talked about, what would you say is different about these modern movies compared to their old? A lot of them are set in more modern times and also have newer modern digital age technology and a lot of these newer recent ones. That's actually a good point. So a lot of the older ones, they're set in historical periods in a historical periods or it's vague about when they're set or where they're set it's kind of more traditionally older times yeah i know nowadays it's like a very modern vision of what would the north pole look like what would i know this... like many people have been wondering for centuries <laughs> and i know at the same time like there has been a christmas special based on frozen called olaf's frozen adventure and a one with Toy Story characters called Toy Story That Time Forgot. DreamWorks has done several based on their franchises, as well as a couple based on the Ice Age films. What would you say are some of the themes of these newer movies? What the biggest, most important traditions are. And what would that be? That it's not just the gifts, it's 
getting along together. Yeah, and I think it's slightly different in how that's communicated, right? Yeah. It's not necessarily connected to this idea of Christmas as the reason people should get along. It's more that people should just get along in general, and Christmas almost serves more as a backdrop to Mm. the movies themselves. Yeah, like there are times they're released because of the theme of them. So they definitely use Christmas as a setting and as a way of dressing up the movie, but the lessons they teach aren't tied necessarily to the traditions of Christmas. I get what you're saying. How else would you say the classic and the modern movies are different besides animation, besides when they're set? Uh, I think also some of them are a bit more comedic and funny. That's actually a good point. Why do you think that is? Why Why is there a bigger emphasis? Because comedy is a big thing, especially for holiday films. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting point to make, that there does seem, there seems to have been this trend towards making holiday specials more comedic, if not straight up comedies. Yeah, I know. Comedy is a popular genre, and it's especially been popular for the for Christmas films. And besides how there's obviously Christmas specials every year, not very often there's Hanukkah specials. What are some examples of Hanukkah specials? Well, I did hear that in the Disney Junior show Elena of Avalor, there's the first Jewish princess in a, you know, I think in a holiday episode where there's mostly Christmas, and this is one who celebrates Hanukkah. Okay. And also for the Hallmark, for the first time, is having a couple films that are two that are coming out that are about Hanukkah for, that are coming out for the first time. Mm-hmm. The first time they're producing Hanukkah movies. Uh huh. And the one about Christmas and Hanukkah, but it's this is the first time they're doing one that's also two that are also about Hanukkah. In 2002, there was adult comedy film starring Adam Sandler called Eight Crazy Nights about Christmas and Hanukkah, which had the Hanukkah song from Saturday Night Live performed by Adam Sandler, the actor and comedian. Yeah, it's interesting because I think that the Hanukkah specials that do exist, they're a little more irreverent than Christmas specials. And I think that that's slowly changing, that Christmas specials are now, because more Christmas specials are comedies, that's changing a little bit, that these these Christmas specials are becoming more irreverent, like I'm Hanukkah saying, movies. What I'm saying is, though, I like holiday humor and mashup when they combine different holidays from the same time. Mm-hmm. I've seen funny cards and things like that, and I love that kind of holiday humor. Yeah, you know, the holidays are... are a great time it's time to get together with your yes, family the best time of the year as most people would agree <laughs> as most people would agree otherwise it's a great time of the year just to be with family and that sort of thing yeah okay and i think that'll be it for this episode great all right so that will be it for this episode we hope you enjoyed and learned something new about these holiday specials as always, if you are a fan of what we do, consider supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com at animation and beyond, or slash animation and beyond, excuse me. Patrons get access to exclusive content, including our little web series that we're calling Podcast Diaries. So give that a look. Other updates for the podcast we're going to be taking a holiday break. So we're going to be gone during the holidays, and we're also taking the month of January off. And we will be back in early February to start season three of the podcast. But before we let you go, we have one last trivia question of season two to give you. 
Toy Story actors both played a Santa Claus in two different Christmas movies? Fantastic question. So if you know the answer, give us a shout on Facebook or send us an email at animationandbeyond at gmail.com. Since we won't be able to record the next episode until February, we'll reveal the answer next week before Christmas. Again, we thank you for listening. We hope everyone has a wonderful holiday break, and we'll see you next year. Animation and Beyond is written and produced by Ezra Fieldsmeyer and Casey Cantrell, with music by Noam Fieldsmeyer. We'd like to give a big thanks to the family and friends who have supported this podcast. Got a comment, question, or recommendation for future episodes? Let us know by leaving us a comment on our Facebook page, or send us an email at animationbeyond at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Animation and Beyond. Bye! Happy Holidays! (laughs) 